Hello, Hello beautiful, beautiful people. people. Indeed, that is one of my biggest pleasure. Is always when I went to my own. So farm. I think it is important to first understand what a healthy relationship with food is for us to know what it is not. Not try. I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. Selfish. <laughs> so no. you could be your own farmer pretty soon. Who knows? <laughs> trust trust me when i tell you there will always be challenges there will always be risks seems like we have a lot in common <laughs> welcome to the let's talk agriculture podcast show and of course it's your favorite girl hello beautiful people welcome to the let's talk agriculture podcast show this episode is proudly sponsored by Meta. Meta creates business solutions to poverty and has been implementing effective market-driven programs since 1953. They combine innovative financial and technical expertise to build and enhance sustainable agri-food systems that provide decent work for people living in the global south. To learn more about Meta, please explore meta.org. In today's episode, we will be learning more on climate change, sustainable agricultural practices, and much more. To guide us into today's discussion, it's with pleasure that I welcome our guest, Dennis Tessia, Technical Director, Environment and Climate Change at MEDA. Hello, Dennis. Thank you so much for taking our time to join today's session. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Fine. Thank you. I'm super, super stressed anyway, because I'm just coming back from, from, from a trip. So, and I had so many engagements, but I'm glad I could still have this um, episode today as well. So, thank you well, for I'm asking. Sure you'll, I'm sure you'll manage. Yeah, we will manage. <laughs> thank you so much. So, just to get the show rolling, tell us a bit more about you. What's your story when it comes to the agricultural space? You know, I've heard so many um, that are in the agricultural space that didn't plan to be here. And just like me as well, I never <laughs> planned to be here. So do you have such a story? <laughs> let's, let's identify ourselves now. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I, I guess I do have a story. Um, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to all of our environmental specialists uh, globally who really make all of our work possible. They are certainly the tip of the spear um, implementing projects on the ground. And they really, truly have that uh, expertise at country level that is so important to meet a success. Um, a little bit about me. Um, so I'm, I'm a Canadian. I come from northern Canada, um, not from a huge agricultural background, but certainly from a forestry uh, background. Um, so I do have quite a bit of, you know, history, um, being engaged with nature and learning to preserve it and, and, um, and the importance of it to overall well-being. Uh, I really became engaged in agriculture uh, when I moved to Tanzania to complete my master's and um, spending 15 years there working in the clean energy space. And I remember one particular day, uh, I was giving a presentation on climate change to a room full of farmers. And believe it or not, uh, the entire room was asleep. And my, my colleague <laughs> at the time took a picture of me um, presenting to this, this room full of sleeping farmers. And he, he used the picture to give me some advice. He said, you know what, Dennis, these farmers, they're already experts environment. They spend every single day on the land. They understand what is happening in their soil. They understand what's happening in their climate. They really know what's going to happen on the ground before you do. Um, and so talking to them about environment, you have to do it in a certain context. Secondly, farmers are business people. They mm -hmm. understand the cost of their crops. They understand... Uh, 
you know, what the market price is. They understand uh, how much they need to grow to make enough money to feed their household, to pay the school fees, to to pay medical bills. So they also know what uh, the cost is if they don't have a big enough harvest. So really, those farmers are experts in their own rights. What you have to talk to them is in a business language. They understand those financial those financial languages. So ever since then, I've always talked about environment, climate change um, through sort of a, a business lens with, with the people I work with. Um, and I think that really helps me understand their situation, but also for us to communicate on a, a level playing field. So that's a little bit about my, my connection to, to agriculture. Which is actually an interesting one. It's great that we see um, farmers from the business perspective because that way we are able to um, contribute to to them as well. So when we're just seeing um, it from just the agricultural side, we need to know that. I mean, I had a conversation at some point with someone. It just it told me that it is very important that we um, approach farmers from the business um, angle. Because just imagine um, those that are offering grants and all of that to farmers. At the end of the day, it is not just the grants that they need. They need to be able to sustain their businesses. So giving them, seeing them from the business perspective where you can give them training or something that will be uh, Mm -hmm. much better for them in the long haul. So I think that's that's very much um, important than just giving grants that can that can get finished in three years and you wouldn't see um, something tangible from, from the grants. So I think it's very important that you saw this from the business perspective and how to help farmers from that direction because as we all know, agriculture is a business and farmers are also business people who are very much inclined. So so thank you very much for your contribution in this space. At least you, you, you had a background around this uh, sector as well. Unlike so many of us that didn't want to study agriculture and just found our way there and we, we ended up um, doing something around, which actually is very amazing. So I'm super excited to be in this sector because it's, it means a lot. Even though I am not um, producing food and all of that, I still get to put out um, episodes like this. So it just it means a lot to me as well. So well, to everybody. Well, truly, um, agriculture, everybody's engaged in agriculture in, in some way. Mm-hmm. Either you're a producer or you, you're working somewhere along the value chain or you're a consumer. Um, we, all, we all depend on agriculture to, to, um, to live our lives. So, so I think we're, I guess, in some extent, we're all experts in it. <laughs> <laughs> and even those that are just sitting there and eating the food, <laughs> they are just part exactly. of it, right? <laughs> Oh, right. So just uh, tell us a bit more about um, green finance. I know it's something that uh, was put in place, more like an approach um, to solve issues around climate change, but that's why you are the expert here. So let's know more about mm-hmm. what um, green finance is all about and let us approach to promoting environmental and sustainable business practices. So maybe just a little more light on that. Sure. Well, green finance is a relatively new term. Um, and it's it's new in the sense that it puts a specific lens on environmental sustainability, but that is not new for Mita. Um, Mita has been impact investing for over seventy years, 
and um, it's always included environmental protection alongside social inclusion as important parts of its work. Um, this is totally reflected through MEDA's triple impact approach, which measures our success through positive economic, social and environmental outcomes in the agricultural sector. Um, and if we do this right, it ultimately translates into decent jobs. And that's really MEDA's overall goal. Maybe I can give you a little bit of background on how green finance fits into our, our technical thinking at MEDA. It's um, from the environment climate change uh, perspective, it's a, it's a pillar in our uh, green growth and climate action framework. Uh, and this is really where it intersects with our other technical area, which is inclusive financial services. Financial services overall are incredibly important uh, for people, especially women and youth living in poverty, as they're particularly vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. Uh, if you think climate shocks are more likely to impact their health, livelihoods, and food security, and financial services can serve as a tool to build that resilience to those shocks. Green mm -hmm. finance itself can enable vulnerable groups to make affordable investments and environmentally friendly practices. And this lessens the environmental damage to their local environment. You know, at MEDA, when we look through the green finance lens, we, we ask the question, what are the capital needs uh, that, that farmers uh, and, and agribusinesses need to transition to more sustainable agricultural approaches and technology? And once we find those, uh, those needs, we then ask, like, what are the capital needs? Uh, where, where can we find those capital needs to work with our clients to find and create, uh, you know, that adoption of technologies and approaches? Um, and a, a big part of that is the process uh, of developing a system that delivers the green financial products. Uh, and that's really key to ensuring the long-term success. It's not, it's not really about uh, just finding the money to, to give to a farmer on loan to buy a solar water pump or a drip irrigation system. It's, it's about, well, first of all, it's about providing the awareness and education around the green technologies. Um, and it's about making that finance accessible locally and for everyone equally. Uh, it's, it's about building the technical capacity of financial institutions to design appropriate green financial products. And, and most importantly, it's about building those relationships between farmers, the technology providers, and the financial institutions. And MEDA plays a very important role in that because we're building the technical assistance and the confidence in that, that process. And um, Maybe I can give you a couple examples of, of how we do that. Um, MEDA uh, has used matching grants throughout uh, quite a wide range of, of, of projects uh, globally. Um, in, in Tanzania, we use matching grants, and we, we call them environmental innovation grants, but essentially they're matching grants. And we worked with small and medium enterprises to, first of all, to develop policies and strategies uh, within those companies so that they can understand what their environmental footprint is and where are their opportunities to adopt greener technologies and, and, and practices. And once we understood sort of what was happening within their businesses, we were able to, to first of all, uh, before even grants came into the picture, help them to meet key environmental uh, regulatory requirements uh, that were set at, uh, that are set at the national level. Um, so we're talking about, you know, meeting environmental standards, uh, occupational health and safety, fire safety on the work site, um, those kind of types of things. And then those make those companies investable. The, the grants then come in to, to help them adopt the technology. So it could be everything from uh, 
solar water heating to, to solar uh, irrigation to uh, using more energy more efficiently. So there's, there's lots of opportunities through matching grants to support uh, companies to, to adopt technology. And the grants are important because they, they give those companies the confidence to make that transition because everybody's looking at the bottom line and they see that it's a lot of upfront costs to adopt technology. And this is the little bit of incentive to help them make that decision to make, make the transition. Uh, Mira has a very interesting project in Nicaragua called Technolinks Plus. Um, and this is a very good example of how finance isn't just being employed through matching grants, but we're working with financial institutions to create the conditions in which uh, green finance is available on a longer term uh, basis beyond even the lifespan of the project. So we work with the, the financial institutions to develop the, the services that are specific to environmental products. We're working with farmers and other partners to identify those products in the market, which are those products that farmers need and are they available and what kind of uh, services are available to support the farmers and adoption of that. And we're building the, the communication between the farmers, the financial institutions, and those those technology providers. Awesome, awesome that... work. Yes, sure. That that works. That works really. I know you you mentioned um, Mida's work with farmers and SMEs. So I'd just like to uh, like you to throw more light on how Mida's Mida's worked with farmers and SMEs in the areas of um, business transformation. So maybe you can highlight some key um, regions that you have worked with. Um, currently, we have about 10 environmental specialists located globally. So we work in West Africa, uh, Ghana, Nigeria. We, we're working in Senegal, in East Africa, Tanzania, Kenya, and Ethiopia. We have a project in Uganda. We, we've worked in, in Ukraine. We just completed a project last year. We work in Latin America, South America. Uh, we currently have a very uh, interesting project uh, in, in the Philippines. So Mita is a, it's a global, global um, organization that really just has quite a, a wide impact. Um, and we were able to take all the learning from these projects globally uh, and really sort of hone in creating those business solutions to, to poverty within the agricultural market system sector. Okay, thank you so much for um, answering that question. But um, can you um, really point out maybe farmers that you've worked with? Is that really like something we can, that we can really see? Is there something we can see or something we can really um, point out to say that you have worked with the farmers, how they've benefited from your work with them so far? That's uh, a great question. Um, I have a, a, a great example from Tanzania. We worked with a, a, a company called Mamboleo Farms, and they're provide, uh, producing uh, rice. And we worked with them, first of all, to identify uh, hybrid rice varieties that that had high yields. Um, and, and the higher yields are very important because this rice farm was located in an area with lots of mangroves. And what was happening was the, the mangroves were being cut down for rice production expansion. And that was causing detrimental local environmental impacts. But of course, mangroves are incredibly important for lots of things, uh, for protecting uh, coastlines, uh, biodiversity. Um, and if in the instance of extreme weather, you know, they're, they're providing an important break from um, waves and other destructive uh, environmental forces. So we worked with Mamboleo not only to develop rice varieties, but also to 
help them transition to a cleaner um, mode of production. You know, you can imagine rice production requires a lot of water, uh, and you need uh, a way to pump that water. So we worked with them to develop a, a, a large solar system that was pumping water, uh, thousands, thousands of liters of, of water a day uh, to irrigate their field. So that eliminated their need to uh, use diesel generators on their fields. Um, and, and you know, that business is growing because of, of that uh, support and work with Thrumita. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that wasn't part of what <laughs> I should No, it's, I know it's, it's always good to bring it down and focus to, to an individual example. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dan. So we, you, you've been mentioning um, adopting, ad- adoption, adoption, adoption. So I just feel that uh, maybe you can um, discuss how we can adopt um, environmental um, sustainable agricultural practices. Maybe you could just put out a uh, highlight or something that we can use to... Uh... Yeah, sure. Um, you know, first of all, we should ask ourselves why we farm before we ask ourselves how we farm. Because too often the, the answer is is profit. And that's that's really why, you know, meat is triple impact is so important. And if we're going to truly be environmentally sustainable, we need to include the social, environmental, um, and economic considerations on par with each other. Um Mita has a, a great uh, approaches to agricultural production guide, and it sort of answers those questions. So we're looking more at the environmental objectives uh, more than specific like practices uh, um, as a, at a first glance. Um, and this includes like looking at integrated pest management, uh, the soil health and climate change adaptation, uh, how we can use water more efficiently and reduce our waste and, and focus on food safety. And once... Um, once we've worked with farmers to set an objective, then we can determine sort of what sort of specific agricultural practices that fits their needs. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very important guide for uh, the practitioners who are looking at sustainability. Um, uh, and our, our project in the Philippines is a very good example of how we're using this guide to great effect. Um, and the, the Philippines project is working with the cocoa sector and one of the key components is looking at how we can protect biodiversity. And this is, um, uh, you know, one of the objectives that you could be, you could find within the um, agricultural approaches guide. And, um, <clears throat> and just to, to tell you what the objective is, is to ensure producers know the types of biodiversity found on their properties and nearby. They understand what role those, uh, that biodiversity plays and they take the necessary prote- protections to, to avoid uh, and mitigate any negative impacts. Um, and so what the team's doing is they're, they're doing a biodiversity survey of birds. So they're really, they're going into the field, they're counting birds, they're identifying species, and they're engaging with the local farmers and they're determining um, what importance those birds have to the local ecosystem and what importance do they have to the farming process. Um, and I think it's a, it's really it's a it's it's a, it's great to see that we're including the larger environment when we look at agricultural production. Um, I think another important thing too is the guide looks at other factors besides just environmental and agriculture, um, such as uh, gender equality and social inclusion. You know, we can say let's start doing uh, organic farming, but there's some other questions that we have to know. We have to ask ourselves if we're going to shift away from 
agrochemicals, what are the implications for women farmers who might have to have additional burdens of, you know, finding organic fertilizer alternatives? What what does that mean in terms of, of additional time they'll have to dedicate to the task um, and labor? Are they willing to, to invest that time? And, um, you know, if, if they are, what other aspects of their work are they going to have to sacrifice to be able to get the work done? So I think really it's an important um, holistic document to bring in the, in the entire sort of uh, approach to agriculture into perspective. Very insightful. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm just having conversations like this, I just feel like I'm not, I just feel like I shouldn't be the one talking or um, interacting <laughs> with the speaker so I can just be listening. <laughs> so sometimes I'm just fully, I'm just so focused that I, I can just even um, not know when the, the speaker has stopped talking. So maybe I'm going to have somebody else on the show sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for sharing that. I really like if you would have some sort of um, resources that could help um, um, sustainable um, practitioners, sustainability practitioners, and those that are also um, interested in this space to to um, to learn. So maybe there are some sort of um, materials that they can use and also take a glimpse at, at what MEDA is already doing and how to tap for it as well. Um, on, the, on the MEDA website, we have a lot of resources available um, and our, our team's always willing to engage. It's really, it's really about having the conversation. It's about engaging with each other and, and, and learning from each other. Uh, I think that's such an important part of our work. Um, and that's why our, our community of practice of, of environmental and climate change uh, experts that are spread out across the world. Uh, that's exactly what we do. We, we're constantly conversing with each other. Each person comes from their own environmental um, expertise perspective um, and everybody's contributing to the conversation. And, and, and certainly um, if anyone else wants to, to be part of that conversation, we're ears open. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And um, so I'm going to be putting out of the, the blogs on the webs on on our show notes as well so um our listeners can always get access to it and uh maybe any any other relevant information that should be helpful would also be made available on our website as well thank you very much um dennis Great. for joining the show today i really appreciate you coming on the show i'm not sure and your time you right now thank you so much too so Guys, we have come to the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoy this and I really hope you learn from this. This has so much, so much to take away. Um, so if you need any more information, please explore Meadow's website. But we were, we are going to have the, the links to their social media, to the website, so you can get more and detailed information, even um, when it comes to agri-market systems, just like our previous episode. So please, guys, take advantage of this awesome information that is uh, brought to you by Meta. I appreciate you guys always for coming to the on this on this show and uh, for listening to our episodes. Thank you very much, guys. I love you, and please do follow us on our social media platforms. We are on LinkedIn, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, YouTube. And LinkedIn, right? I mentioned LinkedIn. So if you'd like to learn more about us, please explore our website, let's talk agriculture.com. 
We really hope to hear from you. And remember, we are your preferred agriculture, public relations and communications firm. So do reach out to us if you require awesome, awesome new ideas like this for your agriculture business. Thank you very much, guys. I love you. And above all, God loves you so much. Do have a great time. Bye-bye.